Alright, good Erev Shabbos. We're going to start in just one moment. Got to get an Erev Shabbos, Erev Rosh Hashanah mood. Alright, welcome back to everybody. So excited to be together again on this Erev Shabbos, which is also Erev Rosh Hashanah. This is it. This is our last turn Friday into Erev Shabbos of the year. Until next Friday, when we start the first of the new year. I want to thank our generous sponsors who are continuing their sponsorship. My dear friends, Mendy and Sipora Fishman, is Chos V'chai Rivka Bas Thank you so much for your generosity. It's Erev Rosh Hashanah. Erev Yom Adin, Erev Yedmei Yeratzon, Erev Fresh Start, New Beginning, Reinvent Ourselves, Erev Being Mamlich Hashem, we're going to coronate the Almighty, we're going to make declare Him our King, we're going to celebrate the inauguration, we're going to blow the trumpets, not tomorrow, because it's Shabbos, but Sunday. So excited, we're counting down not only to Shabbos, but also to Yontif. And as we are on the cusp of Rosh Hashanah, with still a lot more to do, I want to share with you two quick thoughts as you join me yet again this afternoon. I'm so honored and flattered that you are together with me. The first comes from from the Be'er HaChaim of, uh, of, of, who wrote the Be'er HaChaim? Rav Melech Biederman, thank you. And he makes the following point. How great Rosh Hashanah is when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos. Rosh Hashanah itself is filled with such Kedusha. It's pregnant with meaning, with opportunity, with invitation, with a chance to reinvent, to rebuild, to redefine. But when it combines with the Kedusha, the sanctity of Shabbos, oh, Alexander, the Alexander Rebbe says in the name of Rebbe Melech of Lezhensk, the Rebbe Rebbe Melech, when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos, we are able to overlap and combine three incredible levels. What we've been spending our time on and we're taking a break from is defining what it means that on Shabbos we get a Nesham Yisera, we're endowed with a holier, a more lofty, a more expanded, a more expansive sense of our Neshama. We've talked about that in the realm of food and in the realm of rest and in the realm of worry. We've been defining what that means in the Nesham Yisera. So first of all, Shabbos comes. We're going to light the Shabbos candles. We're going to say the Shabbos Kiddush. We're going to welcome the Shabbos Kedusha. And we're going to get the Nesham Yisera, the broader, bigger, more expanded soul. Beyantif, Nefesh Yisera. On Yantaf, not the Neshama, but a different level of our soul, which is the Nefesh, you have an expanded Nefesh. And Barosh Chodesh, Ruach Yisera. On Rosh Chodesh, we have an expanded, a broader, a bigger Ruach. So the human being is made up of a Ruach, Nefesh, and Neshama. These are three different levels of the soul we have in common with other parts of creation that also are alive, are animated. Just like a Kaddish Baruch who created, this is the anniversary of the creation of the world. Shana is actually the anniversary of the creation, not of the world, but of man, because Bishvilin of Ra'olam, the whole world was created specifically for us. But what we share in common with the, with the animal kingdom and the uh, vegetative world, a ruach, a nefesh, and a neshama. And when Shabbos, Yantif, and Rosh Chodesh come, all three are invitations for renewal. So my dear friends, tonight and tomorrow, they're not just Rosh Hashanah. They're Rosh Hashanah, they're Rosh Chodesh, they're Shabbos, they're Yantif. We have these overlapping Kedushos, and therefore, we're able to elevate, we're able to take off, we're able to lift, 
We're able to feel genuine and true and authentic and sincere who we are. We're able to dream about who we can be. When these three overlap and they fall at one time, one day, it is a particularly auspicious time. It's a particularly welcome time. It's a time that we can particularly express our dreams, our aspirations to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we reach and we stretch and we ask, and He meets us more than halfway. He assists and He lifts and He elevates and He helps us. So that's number one. Number one is that this is a very significant time. It's not just a coincidence when Shabbos falls on Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos, but there's a combination, there's an intersection of kedushos of sanctities, which when combined are pregnant with possibility, with opportunity. Whatever this past year Tav Pei had, which was filled with a lot of people with disappointment, frustration, anxiety, worry, maybe a lot of simcha and relief and gratitude, it's hard to even remember what happened at half of Tavshin Pei. The first half of the year is like a blur. It's a distant memory. I've been trying to figure out, was that this year? Was that before Corona? When did that, how did that happen? It's hard to see past Corona. But many people are ready to turn that page. To end the year with its curses. To start the new year that's going to come with blessings. This is it. Tonight, we're going to turn the page. The year is not over yet, though. Today is not over yet. You know, at Mincha today, you can say, Baruch Aleinu Hashem, please bless this year. The year, the what, the 15 minutes that are left to the year? Baruch Aleinu, a bracha you're going to say at Mincha. Because there's 15 minutes left to the year? The answer is, yeah. There could be one minute, there could be one moment left to the year. But how we see ourselves, how we define ourselves, who we are, what we dream, what we think, what we strive for, defines us. We can recapture and we can transform an entire year with one moment. You can be Kona the Shana, you can be Kona the whole year, Berega Achas. In that last moment, the Barech Aleinu, the Shmon Esrei of Mincha, in the final moments as the sun is setting on the year, you can still acquire, you can transform the entire year. The year is not over. So make the most of what's left of the year and also embrace and grab on to this opportunity of Rosh Hashanah, which is Rosh Chodesh, with Shabbos, with Yantif, a Ruach, a Nefesh, and a Neshama, all that are Yisera, that are bigger and better and more expansive. What a fresh opportunity for us to combine our energies, to be able to daven from the deepest places within our hearts, and to be able to emir to Hashem secure what is a beautiful year. That's all point number one. Point number two, and then let's go get ready for Rosh Hashanah. We still have a lot to do. Point number two comes from Rav Avram Shor, his uh, weekly newsletter, his Chudisha Torah. He's a long piece here, very, very beautiful. But there's one paragraph that jumped off the page to me and that I want to share with you as we go into Rosh Hashanah. Because we spoke about Rosh Hashanah in terms of our Neshama, our relationship with Hashem, our accountability, our consequences, our, His expectations of us, our expectations of Him, the relationship being Mamluch inaugurating. So much of Rosh Hashanah has to do with us and Him between man and God. But there's also a huge component of Rosh Hashanah which is evaluating our relationship between us and fellow men. So listen to this insight. You know, we don't blow the chauffeur. We don't blow the chauffeur. I was curious yesterday. And so I asked, do you know that reforming conservatives don't blow the chauffeur when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos either on the first day? I thought that was fascinating because there's many other rules that they don't abide by, that they're flexible with. And this is a rabbinic rule. Don't blow the chauffeur. You may come to carry it. And yet they keep it. It's almost universal, even though it's illogical that they would do that. So Klai Yisrael collectively don't blow the shofar when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbos, which is in itself a fascinating sugya, because blowing the shofar is biblically mandated, 
And the rabbis have the right to come along and say, you should not fulfill a biblical mitzvah, a biblical commandment. Why? Because a person might want to go to an expert to learn how to blow the shofar. So they're going to walk, Dalad Amos, Bershus Arabim. They're going to walk for Amos in a public thoroughfare. They'll carry on Shabbos out of a fear, a gzera, maybe, possibly, what if? Don't do the mitzvah. Don't do the mitzvah. Doesn't the biblical mitzvah supersede the rabbinic fear? And yet we observe the rabbinic fear. Think for a moment. For whom are we all, Jews, of every denomination, Jews of every stream, of every background, are forfeiting shofar blowing tomorrow? Forfeiting it. We're doing it for the Jew who needs to blow the shofar but doesn't know how. And he has no one to listen to the shofar from. And he's going to forget that it's Shabbos. For this Jew who will need to learn how to blow because they don't even have a minion to go to and they're going to forget that it's Shabbos, so they're going to end up carrying it and walking. For that Jew, the whole Jewish people, millions of Jews around the world are going to forfeit shofar tomorrow all out of concern and love and connection and devotion, we're going to put the needs of that one Jew who doesn't know how to blow and can't hear anyone else blow and may come to carry because they'll forget a shot. For that, we'd say, look, that's not my problem. He should know a child. It's not my problem. He should have a minion. Not my problem. He should know how to blow. We don't say that. We say, you know what? It's my problem. His problem is my problem. Millions of Jews everywhere in the world, we're not going to blow because we're going to put their needs ahead of our own. We have to worry about the ruchnius. It's not that we're putting their life ahead of our life. We're putting their spiritual life ahead of our life. They'll come to carry on Shabbos in order to prevent a fellow Jew to accidentally carry on Shabbos. We all, millions of Jews, forfeit the mitzvah of shofar blowing. It's mind-boggling. We have to forfeit. What we have to do is we have to give a piece of our ruchnius for theirs. What a lesson of Rosh Hashanah. A relationship between us and God and a relationship between us and our fellow Jews. How many Jews are bereft? How many Jews are deprived of the beauty of Judaism who don't even know it's Rosh Hashanah, who even if there weren't a pandemic, we're not going to enter a shul. And the message of the halacha, that we don't blow a shofar on Rosh Hashanah that falls on Shabbos, the message is that we transfer a piece of our ruchnius, we forfeit, we concede, we give up a piece of our ruchnius for the ruchnius of a fellow Jew. We should succeed in both. We should realize our neshama, our nefesh, and our, and our ruach, yeseira, more expansive, more beautiful, more bigger, more greater. And we should care about our fellow Jew in a way that we pass on part of our ruchnius to them. So they call Yisrael, we should be Amech by seeing ourselves as one community, one people, one nation, wherever we are in the world. By being Amech, that's how Kulam Sadikim should have a Iksiva Vachasimatova. We should all be signed and sealed for a year of good health and happiness, a year of Nachas, a year of growth in Yerashamayim, a year of Parnasa, a year of sharing Simchas, of dancing hand in hand, of learning together in person, a year of the best of everything. Wishing everyone Iksiva Vachasimatova. Ashana Tova Thank you.